Welcome to Actions Antidotes, your antidote to the mindset that keeps you selling for less. How many of you out there listening has searched for a job lately? And lately, I mean, since the pandemic, it's gotten even crazier than it was before. It's a really tough process. It's a process that I've seen frustrate a lot of people, myself included, as you may have heard about in one of my past episodes. My guest today, Vilas Tulashin, started a company called JobsGuru.ai to help with this uh, process that's really become frustrating for so many people. Vilas, welcome to the program. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, it's great to be in, in, your, uh, in your podcast. So I'm excited to, to share some of the ideas I have on how to help people get jobs faster with you today. Yeah, so let's start with where the process is right now. Okay, mm-hmm. right now, a lot of people are frustrated by the job search process. Uh, what do you think is going on that's making it so cumbersome, such a hard process when all people really want to do is find a job and then work it? Stephen, great question. It's amazing. We are living in an amazing time. As Charles Dickens said, the best of times, the worst of times. Yep. The best of times because unemployment rate in the U.S. is the second lowest in the history of 3.7 as of end of last year. Wow. It's amazing, right? So there's 1.7 jobs opening for every job seekers. That's the stats. That's the economic news. Mm-hmm. But on the ground level, it's a different ballgame for job seekers. I've talked to job seekers that have applied at 50, 100, 200, 500 job application. They hardly hear anything, anything back. Or you know, they get a thank you kind of response form email back. And they may have got maybe two or three interviews and they get ghosted by the employers. It's been a really weird kind of a job market. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there are a couple of things that I see. Uh, and, and one reason I got into this whole idea was, as I met you when, when, when you did this whole starter with, at Denver a year and a half ago. And then I was looking to applying the AI and ML into helping smaller businesses you know, implement and AI in their businesses. And then I walked, talked to a lot of people who were having issues with jobs. I'm wondering, this sounds like a crazy idea when there's so many jobs. And I really did some research and found out a lot of people have a couple of challenges. Mm-hmm. Number one is called, you know, it's, it's, it's a cognitive bias called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Mm-hmm. So you must have heard about this, where people either estimate or underestimate the skill sets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's strange. So if you look at the st- industry stats, about 73% of the job application, according to LinkedIn, are rejected right away. Before even yeah. a human sees the, uh, the resume, and mainly because the resume doesn't match fully the job requirements. And so that's the first thing. So you only get 30% chance of ever getting a resume through this human being. The second thing, which is even worse, is the, it's, it's called the application tracking system. Oh, yeah. It's a software that sits in the background. So most people must have seen this when they have to upload upload the resume, it goes to a software that essentially does a keyword mapping of your job description, what's on the job description, and what's in your resume. So if you, if you don't match 70% of the keyword, it doesn't get seen by the human being. Yep. And the keyword, I mean, for example, let's say the job says they want five years of Microsoft Office experience. And mm-hmm. you say, I have seven years of Word uh, the, let's say uh, Excel 
instant matching, right? Because the way that I ask for two different terms, even though you have the experience. Yeah. And that's one of the challenges with this whole thing is, is that ATS system. And until you pass through the ATS system, you get a score of 70 plus is what I think they, they look at, depending on different ATS system. You are never seen by a hiring manager or a, a recruiter, right? So that's another problem. And the third thing mainly is of a human. And after, after doing this for like three months, two months, people give up or yeah. they feel rejected, dejected. They don't hear back from uh, you know, after two months of sending out resumes. And people tend to get frustrated and lose some kind of enthusiasm for applying. And that's another oh, problem. Which, yeah, exa- and and that's, a, that's, a, that's a challenge. So these are the three main kind of stuff. There are others, by the way, but these are three challenges that most people, I think, are facing in this industry based on my experience and talking to a lot of recruiters and job seekers. And so who is it more frustrating for right now? Is it the company looking to hire the right person or the job seeker? I know it's frustrating from on both ends, but yeah, is, is one of those ends faring worse than the other? I think it's mostly the job seekers. I mean, both are, right? As job seekers, because they need yeah. jobs. And a lot of people really can't afford to be out, out of a job for more than a couple of months, right? In terms of if you, yeah. Right? So yeah. that's a huge economic pressure. But on the other flip side, the companies are also getting tons of resumes because people are sending on jobs and 90% of them are not even qualified. But somebody has to go through them, the ATS system. So for them also, it's a, hype. It's, it's a problem on both ends, right? Yep. And they're not getting enough qualified candidate and they take a long time to respond. Because, and so it, it's a mess on both ends. So I'm trying to address at least the job seekers at this point. At some point, I may also kind of help the companies, especially small companies that may need some, some tools to filter out the most qualified applicants. So, yes, yeah, so we identified this problem. And uh, uh-huh. tell us a bit about your solution, because your solution involves using AI to help uh, streamline this process. Yeah, so um, Job Scooter AI has provides, I've focused on like three basic uh, issues. First of all is, so we're going to take away the emotion, human emotion, human, human decision-making, and the Dunning-Kruger effect out of this entire equation. We're going to let the data drive whether you should apply for the job or not, right? So, and here's the really interesting thing. A lot of men tend to, they look at the job description, the top two matches are close enough. Let's say a company says, we want 10 years of programming experience. Let's say Java programming experience, senior programmer. The guy thinks, yeah, I have four years of experience. I'm good for that job. Or they might say, no, uh, they want somebody with a presentation skill set, right? Has done C-level kind of a presentation to C-level exec. And the person might have, you know, I've I've been presentation quite a few times in my company. I'm good enough, right? And this is the problem that it takes away the entire, those like biases out of the equation. You load your job description, text file. You load your resume, which mostly is a PDF format. Mm -hmm. And the first thing it does is simple. It extracts the required job requirement in terms of the importance, right? The key hard skill and the soft skill. That's the first thing it does is, hey, what is this job requiring? Gets all the requirement out there. And next it says, okay, let me then take a look at your resume. It then analyzes the resume and says, hey, how well does it fit, right? The mm-hmm. match. And right now I've set it up that if you don't match at least, you know, based on, on the criteria, 
78, 80%, it says, it then makes a, makes a recommendation, apply or don't apply based on those data, right? Yeah. So the whole idea is don't apply at jobs that you are not, you don't have much chance of, of getting a response. And don't be frustrated. Otherwise, you spend all the time frustrated, right? So, and then based on that, you then apply. The next thing is now, the second question is, how well does the resume match the word description, the, the ATS friendly? Yeah. How it is ATS friendly? So it goes out there and then tweaks it for you, right? To be ATS uh, friendly. Yeah. So it tweaks the resume, yeah. You know, in order for it to get through the ATS. Yeah, exactly. At least ATS friendly. So it kind of a, a, so yeah. the second thing. Generative AI is great, but this it also tends to hallucinate, right? So make up things. And for this reason, I you can download all the text file, mm -hmm. download, and then you basically have to review it and then kind of make your edit for that if, if need be. So once you have this. Then the next question is, you know, a lot of the jobs will ask for cover letter or cover letter optional. Yep. Right? And ready cover letter can be challenging. Yeah, of course. I mean, people spend a lot of time writing those things. Yeah. And a lot of times you want to sound too boastful. Or also you don't want to underplay your skill sets, right? Yeah. So this will take the resume and the job description and experience and craft a customized letter that says, are oh, you are the best qualified person for this particular job? So quick question. Yes. Is there a way to enhance the, um, the use of AI? And I guess one of the questions I have is that I think the frustration a lot of times is that job descriptions are often written from a template, written in a way that people don't understand what that person's looking for, right? But uh -huh. you can go online, you can research the company and try to speculate all the hidden things that everyone in the job search process, the committee, the hiring manager uh -huh. has in their head about uh -huh. what they want, you know, like, like, yeah, we put this in the job description, but, you know, our office is not really balanced. We need someone with, like, saying maybe more of this personality or we need someone uh -huh. to solve this particular problem. This is what we're dealing uh -huh. with right now. Is there a way to use AI to kind of comb through some of that, maybe some of the materials a company has online or even, you know, whatever their latest uh, statements have been, their Q4 um, earnings report, if it's come out yet, and, you know, figure out, okay, like like this person, you know, they're looking for someone that has maybe this skill or this particular attribute that, you know, maybe the job seeker is not really thinking of that can put them over the edge. Not currently. Uh, initial application doesn't do that. But in, in the future, I can add that feature very easily. You say, hey, what are the companies thinking of in terms of hiring? Are they DEI friendly? Or do they have certain kind of uh, interest in getting more diverse kind of uh, workforce, right? Those yeah. all, I think, can be added. But right now, at this early stage, this is the MVP right now I have. Yeah. That's not oh. there yet. I showed this to one of a uh, tester, one was a woman. Mm -hmm. And the letter she and I and I generated the letter for she said, you know, this is amazing. She said, I would never write this letter because it sounds too aggressive or too positive. You know, so she was downplaying her skill set just because the way she, yeah. she was reared and all that stuff. I said, look, but men are doing this all the time anyway, right? So it puts you in a disadvantage if you're not as assertive as the other applicants. So what I'm trying to do right now is try to take away the biases in terms of the gender from the from resume and make it neutral so that the AI, the backend, does not 
kind of discriminate against either you're male or female gives you the same output regardless, right? And that's the, the thing I'm trying to work on right now. But in the future, I could add features that says, hey, you know what? I'm interested in this job. I want companies that are friendly to whatever your needs are, right? I mean, you may have some specs in terms of, and you can go out there and do that stuff, yes. Yeah, the most obvious thing right now that comes to mind is everyone's different perspectives and different desires around work from home, work from the office, mm-hmm. hybrid. I know there's some companies and some, you know, leaders of companies mm-hmm. that honestly feel like people need to be back in the office again, a la before the pandemic in order for people mm-hmm. to work properly. But I know there's also a lot of people, especially in the development space that might, you know, not want someone that's going to heavily mandate people coming back. So I assume you mean a lot of these other kind of aspects of jobs that as far as personal preferences and stuff that may make or break who they want to hire. Yeah. So, uh, Stephen, one thing they can do is, is on the resident, they can say, put a note that says, prefer to work from home or hybrid, right? And then if the company says we want hybrid, it doesn't yeah. match versus, you know, or they say only work from home. And the company says we want hybrid, then you know there's not a good match. And, and the nice thing about this whole thing is report, it generates exactly what what of the key features requirement you match or didn't match. Mm. What needs yeah. improvement? So by the time you get the report out, you can see exactly where you stand in terms of the requirement versus your skill set. I see. And then you can make a decision because exactly the frustrating thing that you know, a lot of job seekers experience is that you spend a lot of time, you you see a job you like, you're like, okay, how can I tailor my resume to it? How can I write the best cover letter? Mm-hmm. And it becomes like a 40 hour a week job in of itself. And then all of a sudden yes. you get to your new job and you're mm-hmm. just you're burnt out from a job search. Exactly. And that's what we're trying to avoid is we're trying to, we want to make that process as simple, as easy as possible. Right? Yeah. And so that they can be more productive. Another thing also is jobs is not only about applying for jobs, but also networking, right? Yeah, for sure. If you spend, if you spend eight, nine hours a day doing submitting resumes, you're so tired to go and do any kind of networking in the afternoon or evening, right? And I'm going to write this whole blog later on. And spend four hours in the morning doing your resume, updating resume, applying. Then spend the rest of the evening afternoon, doing a networking, right? That way it gives you a balance of both. That's why we think it'll help people get jobs faster is because we're reducing the frustration, the stress of applying for a job and also helping them network as much as possible. Especially because uh, one of the things in one of my previous job searches that I've had in my life is realizing I'm an extrovert. I just ask myself, well, like, why the heck am I just sitting here online typing keywords <laughs> into the applets when, uh-huh. as an extrovert, I'm probably going to have a lot more help, you know, at least figuring this whole thing out if I get out there and start meeting people. The game of getting a job is almost like a full-time job. You need to yeah. do both of them in parallel. And our goal is to help that make that happen using the generative AI. And so a slightly darker turn on this is that you brought up the situation which is happening all over the place where people lose enthusiasm, get frustrated, even get Uh really kind of depressed because, Uh as you said, they apply to 100,000 jobs. Uh And also you see all these situations because of those keywords, ATS systems, where Uh 
Mm-hmm. You've applied for all these jobs that you're more than qualified for and didn't even hear anything back. You don't understand what's going wrong. Mm-hmm. And you get to this hopeless state. What are the consequences and what are the consequences societally on continuing to do the job search the way we're doing it now with all these people kind of losing hope? It's this whole idea of mental wellness, right? If you do this for a month at a time, you lose your, not only the enthusiasm, but your self-worth. People don't want me, right? Because I don't have anything to contribute. And that's a really bad mental state to be in, right? Oh, for sure. And and you cannot blame them because they've tried this for two months, three months, five months, right? And yet they're seeing very little feedback from them. And usually law companies don't even tell you why. Why they don't, didn't get, all they say, Hey, sorry, blah, right? Thank you for that standard crafted email that says we have a lot of interest in this job, but we are moving forward with other candidates, right? Yeah. And so it leads to wondering doubts, having a very unhealthy self-doubt and self-evaluation. And so one of the ways we try to avoid that is, hey, if you only apply at jobs you're better qualified for, you reduce the number of rejection. And that's one, one area we're doing. The other thing yeah. also is pacing is very important. The optimal if you look at the status, three jobs per day is what they say. Really, three good jobs a day. Yeah. And you can keep that 15 a week, let's say, and, and take the weekends off. Do not get frustrated. The, a lot of people do is they work eight, 10 hours a day for months at a time and they're burnt out, psychologically yeah. burnt out. And we don't, we don't want that to happen. We want you to basically take it as an eight to five job, right? consistently at a sustainable pace. So, it's a, so think of job search as a marathon and not a spread, right? And when you apply at jobs you're qualified for, the chances of you getting interviews much higher. You get a much better ratio of application versus some sort of feedback. And that, I think, is mentally keeps them at least excited. And then keeping that pace really is very important in the long term. Yeah, one of the things that I find uh, extremely frustrating uh, about the way things currently work in the job search process is just the amount of time and energy. So you think about like a productive uh, economy as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. And you think like the most productive we can be is if everyone is like, uh, you know, working hard as much as possible and and people are like happy, working hard on something happy. And so I think of like several different categories of things that are just purely a, a waste of our collective energy. And for me, definitely is the amount of time people are spending preparing resumes, preparing cover letters, preparing all this stuff mm-hmm. where they're not going to experience anything back. Like, mm-hmm. I understand, like, some things are growth, you know, something like you learn, you do coursework. Your coursework, mm-hmm. if you're learning a new skill, isn't necessarily going to be a new product, but you're learning something from it. Exactly. And it feels to me like after a while, writing cover letter number 428. You're like, okay, I get get the point of a cover letter. I get how it's crafted is no more for me to learn about it, especially if you're not getting that feedback. Uh Yes. And that's what we're trying to, I mean, reduce this drastically is where, you know, we'll do this thing for you. You can take the cover letter and tweak it a bit and send it out. Student have to spend eight, two hours trying to get a right cover letter for you. And so that they can spend the time Learning new skill sets, for example, they may spend two hours learning the new language or whatever, yeah. whatever job requirements are. That's hard, and that's what that's the goal is not only helping you reduce the frustration, the angst of applying jobs, not hearing back, but also give you the flexibility of time to 
network, and to learn new skill set, which will enhance and help you get a job. That's the whole kind of idea behind this whole jobs grid AI. And I believe with you, employed people are happier, they're productive, yeah. uh, the family are uh, in the happier too, right? And I mean, the economy, sure. instead of being on on uh, unemployment, they're not contributing to the state's economy overall. So it's a great for, for everybody. So I want people to get employed fast. Now, if someone is experiencing that job search burnout, mm -hmm. um, just from your you know product research and you know interviews and stuff, do you have any recommendation of what someone can do? Like if someone's right now, they're just so burnt out and hopeless, uh, anyone listening in that spot? Well, you know, the, the thing is to be very selective in jobs they apply. And one of the burnout is they apply for a lot of jobs. They may not be, they may think they're qualified for, from their point of view, right? But yeah. technically they're not qualified because they don't meet 80%, 70% of, of the requirements. That's why I'm offering you know, your listeners, hey, if you're feeling that, that burnout, try jobs group for 30 days free, right? Mm -hmm. And see how much time it saves you and your mood will be a lot more better because it enhances your ability to apply for jobs. It's data-driven, it's unbiased, and it takes away that heaviness of that grunt of doing this every single day with the help of AI. And that's that's the value add for from my point of view. And so, and we're going to include this link in the show notes online. Um, so if someone wanted to take advantage of this offer, um, yeah. just go to jobsguru.ai or is there some yeah. other? I will send you a link, uh, you know, a, a special link for your listeners. Uh, okay. That way uh, they get a much better kind of a, uh, more time off and off, a few things. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'm doing a special special deal for you for your listeners. And uh, for those listeners out there, just in case you're you're listening and you're not familiar with the the website where the show notes are, where um, this link is going to be actions-antidotes.com. So if you go to that website, you can see kind of all the different episodes. If you click on this episode, you'll see the show notes, and you'll be able to click on that and take advantage of this offer. Yeah, and, and the other thing, by the way, so finally. You do your cover letter and you apply, and let's say you get a call for interview. Yep. The next challenge is, oh, what question will they ask me? Right. That's another another yep. frustration because you could ask any question. You could be qualified, but if the questions they ask you are not really prepared for, you blow your chance. Yeah. So the next option here we have also is to say, hey, generate me eight potential questions that they could ask. During the interview, mm, yeah. right, and it, it it uses the star method to kind of frame the question, and so you can now prepare for this question. Now, granted, I, we have no way of knowing how many of this question will be exact match, but there'll be enough, kind of, a, in terms of the concept that if you prepare for those eight questions, you should be able to answer pretty much any question that they ask in the interview, and that really is another really big advantage we we provide. Now, does this take advantage of the materials there are about different companies asking different questions? I think uh, most people out there are familiar with like the Google questions and how Google yes. asks a lot more like behavioral questions, like in uh -huh. this situation, what uh -huh. would you do versus if you're going to a startup, you might get different questions or if you're going to like more of a standard old school corporation. So right now it uses the so-called, uh, I come from a high tech, uh, yeah. I used to work for AWS, right? So it's more geared towards the 
that kind of a environmental so-called, hey, what if, kind of, hey, what do you do in this case? So those are, but at some point, based on the type of company, I could generate a very specific question. But right now, it just does a very specific behavioral question based on, based on my experience at AWS and Oracle and IBM. That's why it's a little bit biased right now. But yeah, yeah but but that can be changed changed once I get some traction and see see what people are experiencing and I get more feedback. And then in the grand scheme of things, as you kind of bring this product to market, as you help a lot of people through this, what uh, what's your goal for what impact you're hoping to have um, with uh, jobsguru.ai? My really big goal is to help people who are unemployed get jobs faster. That's it, right? I mean, yeah. why go through all that hassle, frustration, when there's a tool that can reduce the time. If I can get you employed a month faster or two months faster than you would do otherwise with less frustration, less hassle, that to me is worth all the effort that I'm, I'm putting in. Because I really want to at some point bring happiness to, to unemployed people, get a job, right? That's what they all want. Yeah. yeah. And this is also the final uh, feature we have is, is called the mock interview. So for example, oh, yeah. Some people are good at interviews, but a lot of, I mean, my experience have, have been with a lot of geeks. They're not really, I mean, they can code really good, but the inter- people still aren't that good. They can schedule a mock interview with the right person, by the way, right? So if they want, that's an option. But so we want to make sure that not only do they have the right question, but they also are able to interact really well with, with the interviewer and get the job done. And that's kind of the whole whole package right now. And I have a few more ideas in the future I want to implement, but right now, these are the five features that are available that people can take advantage of it. They don't have to do everything. They could just say, hey, I will tweak my resume. I can write a cover letter myself. I don't need that. That's fine, right? Yeah. Or it's basically a lot of options that they can choose to pick pick and choose. But like with the five options, it's like kind of like a package that takes people through the whole process from the yes. very uh, beginning, looking at job ads and... Uh-huh or whatever site you're on, deciding mm-hmm. if you want to apply or not, then yeah. going through the process, cover letter, then uh-huh. going through the process of finding the interview questions and the mock interview. It's the yes. whole process yeah. that like most people looking for jobs do right now. Plus, you know, with the networking, which you're kind of enabling some time and more importantly, cognitive energy for people exactly. to go out there to those events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are my goal in terms of once, the one thing it doesn't do is does not select the job for you because that part can be a little bit more trickier at this point. So you select the job you want, right? That you're interested yeah. in. And then you upload the text file and the resume. And then everything else kind of goes in in the process as they step-by-step. Step. Now, to dive a little bit in d- deeper into what's happening right now, mm-hmm. um, you said that there was 1.7 jobs available for every job seeker. Yeah, that according to latest stats, right? But those again, those numbers make sense from a uh, from a point of view of of columnists, but doesn't make sense from a point of view of job seekers, right? The particular job they might be a different yeah. mix of those opening. But if you look at the numbers, it's like one point seven jobs for every job seekers. Just from observation, just from looking around me, um, it feels to me like there's some sort of a almost like a duality or a you probably walk around, go to restaurants and stuff and see every single one of them having, um, we're hiring or, you know, uh-huh. like, yes. condo, like in, uh-huh. in their, 
you know, and in your face in many different places. Uh-huh. So I've envisioned that there are some jobs where they're just really, really struggling to find anyone willing to do them while there's other jobs, especially if it's like a neat company with a really cool purpose and maybe a really flexible working work from home policy where those jobs actually for that subset may have way more people looking for them than than are available. Agreed. So according to the U.S. Labor Department, is every job approximately has about 250 applicants. Yeah. And the chance of being selected is 3%, right? And mostly because people, 70% of them, their skills that don't match, match the job requirement, all a few other stuff. And so you're right. And especially one, another area where jobs can help a lot is a lot of jobs, especially in the high tech is they, at LinkedIn, they open for a month, two or three weeks, if you don't apply within that span of time, they close it. Yeah. They basically turn it off. And so if you do, if you do the old way of doing manually, you're going to miss out a lot of those opportunities that might close really fast. With Jobs Guru, you're able to at least keep up with, with that kind of a pace and say, oh, you know, I have an opening out there. I will be the first 50 to apply or first 100 to apply. And that gives you a leg up versus being, oh, I missed my time. Job closed yesterday. And I just kind of saw this a day before yesterday. I just missed. So that kind of problem also gets solved with jobs because it helps you accelerate your job application process. Yeah, because uh, one other thing I'd heard about these ATS app contracting systems is that uh, they still show them in like a chronological order. And so yeah. the first one to apply that, you know, reaches whatever keyword threshold is going to be the first one that shows up on the hiring manager is usually the one that gets it. Well, actually, usually HR first, you know, yeah. the hiring manager, but yeah. Yeah, agreed. Okay. And this is where I think early bird catches a worm kind of stuff, right? If you're early enough, you're helping yourself on that kind of a continuum of getting getting an interview, right? And that's yeah. the first step. Interview first, and then with all our uh, kind of a cover letter and the questions, you get a even next big chances. You know, okay, now you... Now you can answer questions much better, right? You can interview much better. And with the mock interview, you can even do that personally even far better. So this whole goal is to really, how can we accelerate the job search and reduce the frustration and, you know, of job search? That was kind of the big kind of a driving force. Now, you have a lot of experience. You mentioned AWS, several other companies working for you know, big companies in mm-hmm. you know, tech roles. Mm-hmm. What made you decide that you were going to, you know, take that step and decide to try something on your own, try to build a business as opposed to just staying on that path? The jobs at AWS is great. I was in, in a, I was AIM evangelist for AWS's worldwide public sector group. So I was talking to people in India, Singapore, Australia, helping companies out there, London, Israel, right? Yeah, and the company—it's a great company and a good pay, nice stock options, all that stuff. I think of, but then wasn't that satisfying? You no, know, I'm sometimes I do work a lot till midnight because I was supporting a, co- a company in India, and next morning I'd wake up at seven o'clock in the morning to support folks in Israel. I'm wondering, yeah. you know, I need a better, especially with the COVID, post-COVID, I think I need a better kind of a life-work balance, right? And plus, I wanted something that was meaningful. As I was looking at the options, I came across this. I said, no, 
I can leverage my experience as an AI in AI and ML. And then what happened was OpenAI came up with ChatGPT, right? And that was just a whole game changer. Yeah. I thought now this can really, really change the world, right? And so I played around with this idea. It worked. I showed a few people. They say, hey, this is amazing, right? And mm-hmm. then I had to build the entire infrastructure to make this all happen. So that took three, four months. First of all, the lifestyle that you wanted, but second of all, you wanted to, to build something meaningful. Uh, did you have any second guesses when you were stepping out there and saying, I'm going to leave my full-time job and I'm going to go and try to build something? Yeah, I mean, as, as always, and, and, and you talk about this in your, in your episode, people, this whole self-doubt, there's always this doubt, right? Yeah. Uh, but then I realized, Sometimes you have to take a chance, right? Yeah. And I, I had enough money saved as a backup. So I knew I could try for, here's, here's my thing. I could try for a year and a half, two years. If it succeeds, I'm great. If it doesn't succeed, I can always go back and get a job because I've had so much experience implementing the solution that I could get a job with any AI company anyway, right? So yeah. that wasn't a whole loss. The whole loss was the time. And the, and the you know, so, I, so yes, I had some doubt. But, you know, you just have to jump sometimes and take a risk. The benefit of helping so many people was so much greater than not doing it. Yeah, and so it's interesting. You have the courage to go out there and build something based on having that solid foundation of knowing that you have a marketable skill set for the foreseeable future and that that marketable skill set is, you know, always something you can do. And so... Anyone out there listening, if you're thinking about stepping out on your own, trying something new, uh, knowing you know what you have to offer, and you can do something else if it doesn't work out the way you'd hoped, or you know whether it be the business not working, or you know along the lines of like it did work, but it didn't turn out to be what I expected lifestyle-wise. All the different reasons why people you know head back. Yeah, and I think you can always always pivot, right? I mean, okay, this doesn't work out. I have not built in enough infrastructure experience. I may have something else that I could probably pivot and do it, right? So my yeah. first implementation was conversational AI using AWS technology. And even though that was okay, that wasn't as flexible, that wasn't as good. Yeah. Right? And so I pivoted when I saw this. I thought, oh, you know, I can now use this. And I saw, came across the idea of people having a hard time finding a job, right? So I thought, okay, can I up- apply this, this technology to help people find job faster. And I thought, you know, this is a great kind of uh, uh, experiment to try out and see how well, well it works. So so we'll see. I mean, it's too early to say what the outcome is, but I'm excited. I want people to try it out. All I ask is give me a feedback, how it's working for them or not, and how ways I can improve it. All right. And then one last question to ask, because huh? this is what's on everyone's minds talking huh? about AI at this point of Reporting in Jan- and last day of January 2024. Uh-huh. That is, we're hearing people say when they're watching this technology emerge, anything from this could be the extinction of humanity as <laughs> yes. AI robots take over, uh-huh. or people that think it's going to bring in some sort of new utopia where we're not going to have to even have jobs anymore and mm-hmm. everything in between. Do you have any thoughts or feelings about where? AI is taking humanity over the next decade? Ooh, Stephen, that's a hard, hard thing to predict. And especially with the AI, it's very hard to predict. For example, just a year and a half ago, we we didn't think we would be where we are today. 
And the moment I saw and played around with OpenAI, ChatGPT, it was like the time when you went from a, you know, those phone uh, before iPhone, there was like all this keyboard phone. It's the same aha moment I had. And that was yeah. now, yes, I've seen both sides of this, you know, where it could be now you can generate images, text, voice, everything, right? So there could be a really bad scenario that could that we could get into, right? Especially in this next coming coming up election, there could be a huge problem. Yeah. But also I'm see there are people trying to do it good, right? Do right the right thing and put some guardrails around around it. So it's hard to tell, but I hope the result will be where it'll enhance our lives. It'll help us do whatever we do better, faster, and hopefully it also will help people that have less skills to understand how AI works and maybe enhance their life too. Uh, yeah. But I, yeah, but there might be, you know, as it, with new new technology, there'll always be a structural changes where some people might have issues with job. For them, the universal income, basic income, might be be one of the options in the future. So it's hard to say, but I'm feeling positive, and I'm hope the people around that are guarding the AI development have that same positive thoughts and feelings. Well, my best hope for AI in the future uh-huh. is, so what the internet initially did was it connected everyone to everyone or everything to everything. Exactly. And the big thing that is stressing me out, whether it be who to apply to, who to hire, who uh-huh. to look for for a social circle, who to look for for any kind of service, uh-huh. it's who, what, what now based uh-huh. on, and Google, you know, famously tries to do that based on uh-huh. keywords, you know, you uh-huh. do Google search and they try to do that. My hope is that in a broader sense, AI will connect a person to the right solution based on all the factors rather than just a keyword. Like I'm looking for a job coach, right? Let's just say, you know, or I'm just looking for a, you know, mindfulness coach even, or a uh-huh. therapist, right? Well, uh-huh. Therapist is a great example. Well, what therapist? Who's going to be the right therapist for you? Who's going to be the mm-hmm. one who understands where you're coming from that you're going to click with? And so rather than just go with whoever got to the top yeah. of the search, uh-huh. it'll help you connect to the resource that's going to make sense for you, given who you are a lot quicker, or what your current need is a lot quicker than clicking through all these Google search results and calling people and asking a bunch yeah. of questions and all that. Stephen, I t- totally agree with you. Now, there are things thing called the agent, AI agent. So you could empower the agent all about, about you, your your needs, requirements, right? Yeah. And then you would be the one doing the search, say, hey, I'm looking for a therapist. This is all based on your profile of what you what you are like, your experiences. It could just go and write, find the right two or three therapists that jives with you. And that's I think very doable. That's another potential service I could probably look into in the future, you know, so, no, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. I'm, this is like a job, for example, right now, the job search, you have to upload the job description and uh, and resume. My goal for my company in the future is essentially you tell the company, Hey, all you do is every week or every month, you put in your experience at at whatever jobs they're doing. And then what you could do is tell the company, Hey, I'm looking for a job. You give up, Profile, right? Of company type profile in terms of their what the beliefs are, blah blah blah, all that information, right? And then what type of company, startup, large company, work at home, hybrid, all that could be part of your knowledge about you that your agent would know about it. Yeah. So 
Then it would go and say, hey, I'm looking for a job. Okay. It would go and search, find the right company and tell you, oh, by the way, there's an opening at so-and-so company. Are you interested? Right? Yeah. Or, and that's like one of the vision I have. A lot more knowledgeable about likes and dislikes, how you work, right? What kind of people you want to work with. That's the stuff I feel like has been so missing from like the, the vetting people for job applications has been like, what kind of a person are you? Are you going to jive with the company culture that we're trying it's, to yeah. implement? Are you going to get along with the set of person? The way the group is now, is mm-hmm. your addition going to be a good one that's going to positively flow with everything? Or are you going to disrupt it all? And the nice thing, the agent learns from your experience as you work at different companies. It learns about you, right? So it, you may not even have to tell it directly what you want. It knows about you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. it can search for, for the right jobs or it could just say, hey, I'm not interested in job, but if there's something that really matches my fancy, let me know, right? So it's yeah. almost like an agent running behind the scene and it just kind of keeps track of it and say, hey, by the way, I found two jobs that just up your alley, it's right down, let's say, uh, a block or two blocks from where you live. Are you interested? Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a doable thing. And I, no, I'm, I'm going to put that as to do feature on my uh, on my on uh, on job screen in the future thank you Stephen. that was amazing that was a very good way to end this well i'm, I'm glad i can help vilas i'll tell you 100 honestly like when social media first came out and started proliferating around i was very very pessimistic about what it meant for the future uh-huh. um, i have a very different feeling about ai coming in uh-huh. um, because it has the to save our time and possibly even enhance connections with other humans as opposed to what social media did, which is really just take it away. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm glad to have given you like a minor amount of help. In- oh, that's that's a very good uh, thought. I, I had that kind of conception in mind, but now you bring it down and say, yeah, yeah that makes perfect sense. Uh, that is all wonderful. And Vilas, thank you for taking time. Thank you for joining us today on Actions Antidotes, sharing your offer, sharing... Uh-huh your story about you know what gave you the courage to to step out there and start jobsguru.ai as well as uh some really thoughts about uh you know what we all could be doing that's a better use of our time than mm-hmm. sitting around writing cover letters <laughs> thank you Stephen. it's been a pleasure talking to you and thank you for for having me here and and giving me this nice ideas i really appreciate it and i hope to help you your listeners with, you know, if they're interested, they just join the link uh, I'll be sending you. Excellent. And I finally have to thank everyone out there for listening, for taking the time out to tune into Actions Antidotes. Hopefully you're getting inspiration and ideas around, out of this episode, as well as the countless other episodes that I've recorded before this day. 